welcome to this week's podcast, episode 18. This is like the third time I've tried to film this because my, or record this, my words are just not coming out this morning. <laughs> I am still in France, um, it must be that I am completely relaxed, which is lovely. And we are working our way back on Thursday this week, which will be really, really lovely to be home, but we've had the most amazing trip. You guys in the UK, if you're listening in the UK, have had the most amazing weather. And we've had the same over here. It's We've been blessed by, I think, a bit more of a breeze than you guys have been. But it's been absolutely lovely. And a really nice bit of time out. Although I have literally found myself on my laptop dealing with emails and researching lots of bits and pieces for you guys and for me, obviously. Um, and reaching out to people this whole time. So over the next couple of days, I'm definitely going to step away and just take some time out and really be present here for the last couple of days. But this week, I am talking to the amazing Emma Ross of Mamalina. And she is um, she runs a blog um, and a community about motherhood, sustainability, travel, food. Um, and one thing she really focuses on is being a plastic-free parent. So Hendrik and I really try and bring into our lives as much as we possibly can no plastic. So we really try and shop um, being aware of not picking up anything with too much plastic on it, um, trying to make choices, trying not to buy anything that contains plastic, etc, um, etc. Et and in this kind of baby world, that's actually really difficult to do because a lot of children's toys are plastic, a lot of um, spoons and cutlery, that kind of stuff, are plastic. Lots of diapers have plastic in, lots of diaper bags have plastic in. I mean, it's just absolutely everywhere. So I was really inspired reading um, Mama Lina, um, Emma's blog, and I reached out to her and asked if she would come on the podcast to share with us just her top tips on how to go about having two kids. So she's got two boys. Um, and be plastic free. So that is what this podcast is all about. It's quite a brief podcast and we're just having a little chat about her top tips of how to be plastic free, what habits you can get into. Um, we talk about nappies and things like that, reusable nappies because I'm looking into that. But anyway, you'll hear all about it, all about what we talk about. This is a Skype conversation because she's based in London and I couldn't get to her. So please bear with us. The sound isn't that brilliant. My internet at home recently has just been absolutely shocking. So do try and bear with it. I hope you can skip through the fairly rubbish parts. As you know, I don't edit my podcast very much, well, at all actually, because I like you guys to know what we're talking about and the whole thing. And I, you guys can see through the little errors in the podcast. All right. Well, enjoy and I will see you on the other side. So hey Emma, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am Emma, I'm mum to two, Jack and Sunny. Um, I used to be a full-time employee at Google. Um, oh, cool. But last six months I quit that job and decided to take the plunge and start blogging and Instagramming and YouTubing basically full-time alongside being a mum. Which became my, which is like my core job and where all my kind of responsibility and like real love lies. But like my blogging is like my third child right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, 
I'm trying to kind of keep the balance between um, mainly being a mum and fitting and vlogging around that. Oh, that's incredible. So when you were at Google, were you kind of doing this kind of stuff as well, or was this completely different? You mean at Google? Yeah, job. at Google, yeah. Um, I started working in the ads team there, but then I actually moved into the working with like the influencers, Yeah, which was great. But by that point, my blog had grown to such a point that actually I just found it impossible to, to maintain both the day job and my blog and motherhood and being a wife. So, like, just as I kind of got into my perfect role, I was just like, I actually can't carry this on anyway. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but now looking back, like, I'm just so pleased that I made that decision. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Even though I don't pay much attention to my Instagram anymore, which is really bad because I really should, um, I it takes up so much time. So I can't imagine like trying to do, you know, what you were doing. Do I'm not surprised you quit or had to quit one thing. <laughs> yeah, it just was too stressful, you know. Yeah. I actually, I like think I experienced anxiety for the first time ever. It was just too much to yeah. balance everything, so something had to give. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So your mum to two little boys, two and four, which is crazy. Um. Do you mind sharing with us birth stories, or would you rather not? No, that's fine. Yeah, how were your births? Did they differ at all? I'm almost, I'm always intrigued when people have had two kids if they were similar births or very, very different. Having yeah. that knowledge when you come to have your second of the first, if you know yeah. what I mean. Well, my second birth was definitely an upgrade compared to the first. <laughs> um, I think the first was a very typical first birth in that I was very, very slow to progress. Right. And I think instead of just accepting that and being okay with that, um, I sort of started to think, you know, something's wrong. And then, you know, I tried to stay at home as long as possible, but kind of went in, then got set home, then went in. I think I then got set home again. Oh, and then um, and then kind of went in and got put in this box. It was like this, literally like it was this tiny room and it was just going on and on this like early stage and I was just like, you know, two or three centimetres dilated and um, and then sort of the intervention started. So, you know, um, they gave me sweeps and I can't even remember now, but all I know is that um, they, um, it was just going on and on and eventually I had dimorphine because like I just, it was like, I was like three and a half days in hospital in labour. Oh my God. They needed to give me dimorphine to, like, knock me out, basically, to try and get some sleep. And I do have, like, this kind of nightmarish, like, memories of being in a hospital bed and just, like, basically, like, passing out after giving me this drug because um, the contractions were just relentless. I just wasn't able to sleep, and yet the baby wasn't coming, so they had to do something. So they just, like, yeah, drugged me for a bit. And then I had an epidural, and then, you know, I had to have stitches. And to be honest, it was a fucking shock, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, just the length and um, the, like, bits of intervention, and then having to have the epidural after that, and um, and then the recovery. Like, the stitches were bloody painful. Like, I remember bursting into tears when the um, nurse came to see me when I suddenly had the vision of a bicycle, because I was just like... I am never going to get on a bike again. <laughs> I sit down, like, this is it. Like, I, you know, obviously everything heals and it's fine. But um, 
second time round was just a totally different story. I think the difference was I was like I knew what was coming. Yeah. And um, I think first time round I was actually quite naive. I was like, oh yeah, it can't be that bad. Like you know, everyone makes such a big fuss about it. I don't want to like worry. Yeah. It's probably not great to be talking to you about this, but I was oh, like... no, no, no. I'm one of those people that likes to know these things. I like the knowledge. Yeah. It's good. That time round, I was like, right. I know that this is a big, big fucking deal, getting someone out of you. And I just prepared the shit out of it. And that's why I think my birth was so much better. Yeah. And I literally, like, prepared for it like I did would for an exam. I was so organised, and I'm not an organised person, but I, like, literally got like every tool in my toolbox ready and I really think it paid off I was planning for a home birth it didn't happen in the end because um my and I and anyway like I don't think it was ever meant to be I never really got great vibes from my midwife my home midwife it just we didn't really connect and I think if I was to do it again I definitely if I was going to go for home birth I would want to have a doula we didn't really connect me and the, the midwife because you know you don't choose them you just give them one um Anyway, my waters broke, or at least they thought they did, and the policy in my hospital was that you have to go in to the hospital if you don't go into labour after, like, 24 hours and your water's broken. And I was, like, devastated that my labour wasn't progressing and that I had to go into hospital. Yeah. And also because they said they'd need to give me antibiotics um, to prevent any infections, and therefore I'd need to be on the labour ward. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, my dreams of home birth were turning into, like, a labour ward birth. I actually vlogged both of my births. Both of my births. Yeah. So you can watch videos. They're very short, actually. Um, I, I can't even remember the first one. I'm sure I did. But the second one I definitely did because I watched it quite recently and cried. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went into labor ward. I was, like, devastated, like, still not in labor. And then, like, suddenly, like, something happened. And it, like, just kicked in. And, um... I I basically said, look, if I'm staying on the labour ward, like I'm actually like I want to discharge myself. I want to go home. I do not want this. Um, so they allowed me to go into the birth centre having with the antibiotics. Yeah. Which was really great and um, like not the norm at all because you have to have like the the it's like IV like into you. Yeah. And so I went into the birth centre and proceeded to have. Um, like a, a, an amazing water birth, basically, with my arm, my antibiotics still hanging out the pool the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it, was, it was great. Actually, it turned out my waters hadn't even properly broken, which is why I wasn't going into labour, so they burst my waters, and then it was like, wow. And um, I was just so, like, lucid through the whole thing. Like, I can picture it now, and it felt, like, very in control, um, can recognize all the different stages, like the transition. I also did hypnobirthing. Yeah. I just felt like I had prepared for it and I knew what was coming. And um, and yeah, like got into the pool, got out of the pool, and then got, got hassles, was like, had to get into the pool and um, gave birth in the pool and like, yeah, practically caught Sunny in my arms and lifted him out. And then after that birth, and I feel like this doesn't get talked about enough, my like, my we just had the most like dreamy like you know 12 weeks where I felt so great I just felt like so like after like the, the day he was born we were like in the pub that night um I, we co-slept everything was just so 
different second time round. It was so perfect. It really was. Like, we just had those, like, gorgeous, like, newborn days where we just lie in bed and breastfeed and, like, drink and then, like, you know, have more... When I say drink, obviously, I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just perfect. And I felt, like, so happy, like, flying the whole time. Yeah. So, um you know, and it annoys me that people don't talk about the importance of having a positive birth and the aftermath of that, mm. like how much better you feel as a new mum as a result of that. So, yeah, I think it was it was it was a, like a much better second birth. Amazing! That sounds so nice. You're completely right. It doesn't really get talked about what happens after birth at no, all. Just like all about the birth and the moment, but. Like, everyone I know that's had a bad birth has struggled in those initial, you know, weeks or months. And those that have had a really good birth have just, like, cruised on. Like, it's... Oh, you've dropped out. Can you... Oh, are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah. I oh. just said... I also think that preparation for birth is key. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. I'm doing a hypnobirthing course online which is full of tons of videos and lots of things, which I'm really, really enjoying. It's so good. And so much knowledge. Who's so doing? And it's with, it's the Positive Birth Company with Siobhan Miller. Yeah, yeah, she's my good friend, yeah. Ah, well, she came on the podcast, like maybe five yes. episodes. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't live that far from me at all, so... She came on and it was really, really lovely. And yeah, I I love what she's doing. She's fantastic, isn't she? Yeah. She's brilliant. Yeah. It's amazing. It's her launch party tonight for her online course. Like she's just having a celebration. And yeah, oh my God, yeah. I love it you. is. I know, I was meant to be going and then I had to teach a client right before. So it's very nice. I know, so I couldn't make it in time. Because I'm not really in Central Exeter. I'm like maybe half an hour, 40 minutes away. So I just couldn't get there. But yeah, <laughs> at least we're thinking of her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, so one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk to you was because your plastic-free movement as a mum of two boys, I think is is absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. I'm so in awe of you of doing this because a lot of the products that I see as kind of things that you need to buy for babies and kids, there's so much plastic and it's so hard to avoid it. And yeah. I mean, how are you doing it? Is How are you finding it? How? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just now like I don't know any different and I say no to, to the stuff and I know the things that I want instead. Um, yeah, like I have my key products that I'm kind of stocked up on and um, I sort of reject the rest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it's 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 something that I've been doing for a while, and then um, one thing led to another, and this kind of challenge came up, this idea. So um, yeah, so then I just thought I would kind of about it more. Yeah, as a um, as kind of a new mum, is there any advice that you would give new mums, or you know, how to go about raising an infant or a baby um, without using plastic or you know raising young children one two-year-old three-year-olds like yours without using plastic any kind of top tips that you could share with the listeners as to how to kind of start the process 
Yeah, I mean, the, the way that we're doing the challenge, I think, is quite a good way to think about it. So splitting parenthood, as it were, into four or five categories. So you've got your meal time, you've got your bath time, you've got your toilet time, you've got your play time, you've got, like, mum time. Mm. And then, really, I think it's about choosing a few products or focus areas within each of those themes and deciding what it is you want to eliminate and then what it is you want to replace those things with. So say, for example, um, you think about toilet time, you think about nappies and you think about baby wipes and you think about, I don't know, um, baby uh, baby bum lotion. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, so these are the plastic products out there on the market right now. I'm not going to use those. Instead, I'm going to replace those three items with these products that are plastic-free and are sustainable and are eco-friendly. Even if it's not three items, maybe just one item per theme. And then, you know, once you've stocked up with those things, you it's just about habit forming. Once you've got all the kind of um, parts that you need, it's just about doing it and making it become a habit. And working out which methods work for you, you know. Um, so, for example, you know, with nappies, um, where is your washing machine? Is it upstairs? Uh, in which case, you might want to have your nappy bin upstairs next to the washing machine so you're not having to like, lug it about. Or is it downstairs in the kitchen? In which case, maybe you don't even need a nappy bin and you can just take your nappies off your child straight into the washing machine, you know. There's lots of different ways you can do it, and it's also about, yeah, finding what works for you in your scenario with your budget. Um, and then I also would say, like, it's a lot about being creative and thinking outside of the box. And, you know, there's a kind of a conception that um, avoiding plastic is expensive because, mm-hmm. oh, you know, everyone looks at those really, like, gorgeous plastic, uh, wooden toys, you know. And actually that's not what I'm about. Like, yes, some of those wooden toys are for babies and babies and wooden arrows. And actually, you can get wooden arrows or something you can find in heaps and bounds in um, charity shops. Like, I've got some of the guys, some of the boys' most beautiful toys from charity shops that are just gorgeous wooden things. Let me show you this. <laughs> This is one of the kids' favourite toys, oh, which wow. is like 50 from a charity shop. Um, That's fantastic. This is this sort of wooden ramp. It's not from a charity shop, it's from Asda. So Asda have like the most incredible wooden toy range um, that no one really knows about. So things like this, like um, it, I want to make plastic-free parenting accessible and... Yeah. Um, affordable and fun you know I find it really fun yeah I think it is I definitely think I know that it because I have the time to research these things and I will definitely find it fun for sure but I know it's so much harder isn't it if you've got like a full-time working mom or you know with you and your vlogging and at least it can be a part of your kind of vlogging and your blogging and things but when you're super super busy it's often really easy isn't it to reach to like quite rightly what you said what's habit and what you've been using for all your life (laughs) and just use that so it is just about creating new habits finding products that work for you as far as reusable nappy goes do you have a brand that you that you use that you think's brilliant or because I'm trying to look into 
um, using reusable nappies, but there's so there's so many bad reviews about them. It's quite difficult to find like what's going to be a good brand. Yeah. So I love um, Bambino Mio. Okay. Um, Should I show you? Yes, please. <laughs> it's an all-in-one so a lot of the nappies you'll see are called two-part systems right. and um quite complicated with like inserts and stuff this is just one piece um and you basically you take the insert and it's actually it's attached to the nappy and you just put it in ah. that and then it basically it does up just like a normal nappy so you've got the um velcro bit there yeah the poppers there to adjust the size of it yeah it will last um you know the whole your whole your child whole childhood except they won't be like good for newborn i think they have specific newborn ones right um but you know as for like a couple of months they'll be perfect up until uh, potty training and do you just whack that straight and then um, at night time we use another brand called top spots and they are two part and they have like a bamboo like, uh, nappy, and then you put these like waterproof pants over. Right. Um, because nighttime is more of a challenge because um, they just wet more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The um, this might sound a bit of a stupid question, but do you literally just put them straight in the washing machine, or do you kind of have to get rid of poop first? <laughs> yeah, so um, poo as much as possible. I will try and put down the toilet. Yeah. Um, and then I will give it like a bit of a rinse under the sink. I wrote a post not that long ago, which is basically like I think five questions to ask yourself if you're thinking about using cloth nappies. Um, because it's not for everyone, it is not for everyone. Um, so have a read of that post because in that I just talk about it. I mean, I really hope it's for you, but um, you know. Yeah, you kind of got to get your hands dirty a little bit yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. literally. And um, yeah, so with poos, I will, I will tend to give it a bit of a rinse under the sink. Um, if it, if it, that's worst case scenario. Often it will just literally be like wipe the poo into the into the toilet, and then it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to try and give it a try because I had no idea about diapers and how long they took to degrade well I mean they just don't really degrade do they and I know there's some which degrade more than others and are more environmentally friendly but it's still pretty horrific yeah absolutely horrific and I don't there's certain things that I don't mind being a part of but this one I just can't be I find it really difficult to be a part of that (laughs) to our environment so pretty shocking (laughs) um are there any other things so what about like if you can't breastfeed, um, I, I very much plan to breastfeed, but if you can't breastfeed and you've got to give them bottles, do you know of any kind of bottles that aren't plastic or how you could go about doing that with formula, that kind of thing? So there is a brand called Life Factory that right. make glass bottles. Oh, okay. And they have, like, they come with, like, a kind of, um, I think it's maybe silicon, like, surrounding kind of, um protector yes um certainly now if i was buying bottles i would buy those 
Um, I'm sure there's lots on them about how breakable they are, and I'm sure they are not very breakable at all. Mm. And I'm sure they're amazing. Uh, what they will be is more expensive than plastic bottles, that's for sure. But yeah, they, they're a brand I know that are glass. Okay, I'll have a little look at those as well and just pop in the show notes, the brand for the um, nappies and that as well, because I know there'll be a lot of mums out there really keen to find out about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, because I was looking through your blog and noticed that you do lots of incredible travelling with your kids as well. So Hendrik and I, my husband's called Hendrik, and we travel a lot as well. And we go to France, and he's French, so we go to France quite a bit. What are your top tips for traveling with kids? Because it just, it kind of freaks me out thinking about traveling with a newborn. And we'll be going um, when baby's about six weeks old, seven weeks old, depending on when she's born, which seems quite early. But do you have any tips? (laughs) trying to get a baby to sleep to like 
always the friend the air hostesses they're like so powerful they can give you like blankets they can give you baby food they can give you so much good stuff um extra seats yes i've always been like <laughs> hostesses um i don't even remember what else yeah those are the kind of things that um that i talked about um but yeah flying with babies is, is actually fine night flights are always best the really, really hard ones are like the three four hour flights i find those the hardest yeah. like if it's a 12 hour flight it's, i find it so much easier because they can settle a bit more i guess maybe yeah. decently especially obviously if it's overnight they're amazing Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get into some sort of like vibe, whereas like a three, four hour flight, you're just like, oh my god, what are you now? Yeah. Have you ever travelled on an overnight flight where there hasn't been a bassinet to put your baby in? Yeah. Because we are doing that in. Well, it will probably be like February, so she'll still be under six months. Um, just and there won't be a bassinet available. Um. Yes. And it, that is also freaking me out. <laughs> we need to up our sleeping head, actually. Right. And, like, um, pop that on the seat next to us, which meant that Sonny didn't have to be on me all the time. He just was in the sleeping head perfectly happy. Yeah. That's where he was, yeah. Did so you... advise taking something like that you could just put on your lap or on the seat next to you. Did you buy an extra seat or was it just free? That you you were lucky, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so lucky. I hope that happens with us. <laughs> I also noticed on your vlog um about relationships and date night with a baby, that kind of thing. Because I know that's something that my husband, especially in the early days of our pregnancy, he was like, "Oh, you know, are we ever going to spend any time together without the baby?" And you know, how do we do this with the baby? And I think he was a little bit not worried but just kind of how is our relationship going to be when there's you know a third one a, a third person involved um do you have any tips for mums for for that from your experience yeah. i think that making time for two of you is really important and i'm like only just realizing that now like um i think I think often the men maybe are a bit keener to like still have their their time together and the women become maybe a bit more focused on the baby but um it's hard like I think it's, it's really hard those first few months because this that first year is hard because for me I just found sleep deprivation really hard mm. with Jack with Sunny I didn't have it because we co-slept and actually I got so much sleep that way um but it's it's hard. I think the first thing is like just really try and be kind to each other. Like it's and it's so easy to think as the woman, like, oh my god, like you're the one up at night feeding, breastfeeding, like you're the one this like that. Like it's really tiring and hard for the man too. Like, yes, they are getting up and going to work, but I think in your case. Mm, um yeah. but it's a lot for them, it's a lot for everybody. And I think just being kind to each other, it's so easy to get snappy and grumpy and just horrible like and and it all comes down to like tiredness it really does um so I think just recognizing that and talking about that and then yeah like making time for each other as much as possible Mm. yeah Mm. amazing I noticed that you said you um love your yoga 
which is awesome. I teach yoga. <laughs> um, did you practice through your pregnancy? And do you get much time to practice now with your kids around? So um, I did practice through pregnancy, although I didn't actually love it because I'm like a massive yoga fan. And uh, I just found it very frustrating. Um, frustrating to be so limited in what I did yeah and you know maybe I was probably being quite conservative if and when I get pregnant again and I would probably be a bit more like bold in how I practice but I like love yoga and I practice twice a week now I try to do it twice a week uh yeah like it's just my time if not just to like get off any like devices and just to like focus on me and my body and yeah I am a huge advocate of yoga yay <laughs> well with my pregnancy I have to say I have not practiced much at all because it just doesn't feel nice in my body and it feels yeah. very very different and it's not a different feeling that I enjoy so I haven't practiced that much, I have to say. Um, and annoyingly, I teach sup yoga as well on stand-up paddle boards. And annoyingly, my midwife has now just told me that that is not what I should be doing during the last um, month of my pregnancy. <laughs> so that's a bit frustrating because I love doing that over the summer. And it's so nice and peaceful. But I know she's right. I know she's definitely right. Yeah. Um. So... There's a bit of a quick fire round, which I do at the kind of towards the end of the podcast, um, which is stuff that mums just really want to know from everyone that I talk to. Um, with your kids being so close together, how do you kind of get around? Do you have a pram? Do you have a double buggy when they were kind of a little bit younger? Uh, when they were, when they were tiny, I had Sunny in a carrier and Jack in a single buggy. Mm-hmm. Then I had to really, we had to use a double buggy and that sucked because double buggies suck. Um, <laughs> and now we use a single buggy with a buggy board and it's awesome. Nice. Which brand do you have? Bugaboo. Bugaboo one. And does it really work for you? Is it good being in London? Yes, and... it's really good. Um, yeah, I haven't got anything bad really to say about the buggy. It really, it works for us well actually yeah yeah it's so good I've been looking at them and um there's one I think we're gonna have and it's got a little skateboard on the back which is just fantastic looks yeah. so good and so yeah. useful yeah I think my husband it, wishes uh, that he can go on it <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> um your birth plan we've kind of discussed um do you remember what your go-to snack was during pregnancy Pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. I just love just love indulging myself. I love having dinner in bed, takeaways in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I try to not have too much like cakes and sweet stuff. But I did have loads of carbs and yeah. I think everyone I has loads of carbs, don't they? <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> were you solid on your baby names before you gave birth to your boys no Jack yes Sunny no we decided he was going to be called something else and then uh, we were lying there after we had him alone just me Sam and, and him and uh, we were like a baby centre like looking up names and I said as a joke what about Sunny and Sam was like yeah oh um, 
Yeah, it, it was. We totally just decided on the spot. That's so refreshing. We are really, really struggling with girls' names. We had boys' names completely solid because I was pretty sure I was having a boy, and then oh. when we were told that we were having a girl, I was like, "Oh shit, I don't have any names." <laughs> so we are struggling. We've got them all written down on the kitchen table downstairs. So you can. My midwife said, "Make sure you can see them, and then your decision. You'll see which one pops out most at you." <laughs> What's your surname? It's Jolin. It's Jolin. French. Mm. Florence. Florence. That's a nice name. That is really nice. I hadn't actually thought of that one. It's French as well, isn't it? Yeah. Boy French name. It is nice. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, I will. I will tell Hendrik when I go back downstairs. <laughs> um, did you find out if you were having a boy or girls? Did you find out sex? No, neither time. Oh, amazing. Was it a lovely surprise? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was um, especially with Sunny. Jack, I was, like, pretty confident it was a boy. But with Sunny, I, like, had no idea. And it was really nice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes me... I'm just thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Did you feel in your pregnancy that you were carrying the same sex? Or did you Not kind really. of... I think it's really hard to tell from your pregnancy. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um, is there anything you bought or felt pressured into buying when you were pregnant which you wish you hadn't bought or was completely useless or you just didn't use? Yeah, I did a video on this as well. Amazing. <laughs> a baby bar. Yeah. I would say. Um, what else did I say you didn't need? Um look it up oh what other things did I say I did like five things where I was like you don't need can't, this is not very good for the podcast is it I can look it up no don't be silly we'll, we'll go and um we'll go and have a look I definitely am going to go and have a look yeah. at, um, um, watch your videos yeah it was one of my most watched videos yeah have a look Absolutely, because I think there's so many lists these days. I literally just recorded a podcast this morning about kind of the essentials because there are so many lists that everyone gives you and they're like, buy this, buy that. And you yeah. just think, do I really need all of that? No. I surely don't need all of that. Yeah, not, no. You know, a lot of people in this world have access to not even a quarter of the stuff that we have access to. Yeah, no so I think I'm just going to get the bare basics and then go from there and it's not like you know we live in a world now where you can order something online and it's in your living room the next day isn't it so we don't necessarily need it straight away (laughs) well thank you so much which is like all the things you need and then all the things you don't need yeah exactly exactly Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me this evening. It was so nice to have a chat and to hear kind of your experience as a mum. And is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Enjoy it. It's the best thing in the world. It's so fun. Like whenever I'm feeling um, stressed or like low or anything, the first thing I do is go to my kids. They are my, like, inspiration and my solace and I get, like, I learn new stuff from them every day. I really don't understand how people can say that motherhood is boring because it's, like, for me, just so fascinating and 
and and pull like it's tiring but any job is tiring so um yeah just enjoy it and um yeah it will be great (laughs) so lovely so just tell the listeners a little bit um about your website and your youtube and where they can find you to listen to all of your um amazing information which i am going to now go and hunt down and listen to (laughs) um so i blog at www.mamalina.co and uh, there you can find my YouTube channel um, and my Instagram Twitter and Facebook I'm a bit like nah but yeah I talk about I suppose a kind of um, eco motherhood Um, I don't want it to be um, kind of pretentious and I don't want it to be inaccessible I just want it to be something that makes sense and that yes, you can be a mum and still be aware of the environment and still make good, like environmental sound choices, even when you have a baby. So I make content about those kind of things, really, um, and also just a general, I'd say, like go with the flow kind of parenting, um, where you know it doesn't matter if you don't take your baby to baby groups, um, and it doesn't matter if your baby has mismatched socks and. These kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so refreshing, so refreshing. I can't wait to go and listen to some of your stuff. Well, thank you again. Go and get some nice chill time now the kids are asleep. (laughs) Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. There are some great tips in there. I really apologise for the occasional robotic few moments. I hope you managed to listen past those or maybe just use the 15 seconds skip forward. Um, So next week is going to be me. So this week I hit my 30 weeks in my pregnancy, which is quite a, um, I don't know, I've seen it as a bit of a milestone, I guess. Um, so I've got my 31-week appointment just a tiny bit early on Monday next week, so I will be able to check in with you guys after that and let you know how I've been getting on in my pregnancy and how our journey back from France was and so so much more. I have some amazing podcasts to share with you over the next few weeks, so keep listening in, and especially if you're starting to think about doing your nursery, I have a lot of podcast um with some amazing 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 products which I have found after extensive research if you follow me on Instagram you will see that I have been looking into so many different products and really trying to research the market and it's not an easy market so if you want a little bit of help (laughs) a bit like the pram episodes I guess if you want a little bit of help with your nursery and what you need and what you really don't need there is a bunch of stuff on all of these lists that you're given which you just don't need and I've spoken to a lot of mums um, a lot of my friends who have just become mums and asked them really what have they used in the first few weeks and you know it's not we're not in a day and age now where you have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to buy something if you really 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 find that you're short of something You could either ask your partner to go out and grab it, you could order it off Amazon and get it the next day. Yes, it's not the most eco-friendly way of doing things, but sometimes as a new mum, you haven't got time for that. So do what's right for you, but if you want a little bit of help, listen in over the next few weeks and I will be able to
able to share some real goodies with you. All right, well, I will speak to you next week. And if anyone has any questions, please always, always reach out to me on email, which is just mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Find me on social media and DM me. Pretty much all of my social medias are just Emma Jolin, J-A-U-L-I-N. And I love hearing from you, so please make sure you do listen in. And if anyone still wants to come away with me on my last retreat, I have my last retreat happening in July. There's still one spot left. It's very fine for pregnant women, (laughs) as I will be very pregnant myself. Um, But we're going to have loads of fun, and with this beautiful weather, I cannot think of anything better than a long weekend in the sun, and I am very excited. Okay, speak to you next week. Lots of love. Bye.